Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you in need of an encouraging word to start your day? Do you need someone to pray in agreement with you? Here at Restoration Christian Ministries, we offer our daily prayer call, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time where members of our ministry team will lift you up as you head out into the course of your day. The phone number for our prayer call is 641-715-3645 and the PIN number to dial is 500-765, followed by the pound key. Be encouraged and stay encouraged with our daily prayer call at 641 715 Three six four five. Don't forget to press five zero zero seven six five and the pound key for our prayer call at Restoration Christian Ministries. This week at Restoration Place. Love was designed to last. It was designed to endure with patience. There's a way that you have to endure. There's a way that your love endures. It endures with patience and serenity. It's a state of being calm. It's a state of being peaceful. It doesn't quit at the first sign of a problem, but it lasts. It endures through the good and through the bad. Praise God for whom all blessings flow. Welcome to this place of restoration. Welcome First Lady Darlene Bazemore with this week's message. Heavenly Father, in the precious name of Jesus, Lord God, we come before you, Lord, just to thank you for this day. We thank you, Father God, for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you, Lord God, for the very breath of life that's in our bodies, even right now. We thank you, Father God, for keeping us in a sound mind, O God, and for having a mind to come to corporately come together and worship you and to magnify your mighty and holy name. We pray, Father God, that at this time I would decrease, Lord God, that you would increase in me, O God. Let your Holy Spirit fill me up to the over overflow, O oh God. Anoint me, God, from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet, God, to be used by you, O oh God, as a vessel, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I surrender all to you, O oh God, and I pray, Father God, that you minister to the hearts of your people on today. Give them what they need to hear, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, take complete control, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for clarity of thought, clarity of speech, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Mold these lips of clay, O oh God, in Jesus' name I pray, and 
and I'll forever give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may have your seats. Glory to God. I just thank God for this opportunity to be able to come before his people. I won't be before you long. Amen. But I just believe that there's a word from the Lord. Amen. 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 Pastor has been uh, talking about a series. He's been doing a series on relationships. And the first week that he did, um, that he spoke on this series, he talked about not being unequally yoked. So that was week number one. And then he came back with week number two, asking the question, should wives submit? Amen. So that got a lot of controversy. No, I'm just teasing. But, uh, <laughs> but um, he was asking the question, should wives submit? So this week we're going to be speaking about the characteristics of love. Amen. Amen. We're going to be talking about God's love. And I thank God for this, for this topic. Amen. Because I think back on how much he loves us. And I'm just so thankful for his love on this morning as we were singing the songs of praise and just going before him and coming into his presence just talking about I really love you and oh how I love you because you first loved us and I just thank God for his love on this morning yeah, yeah. because it's his love that keeps me it's his love that directs me it's his love it's because of his love and his compassion that we're able to do the things that we do and I can you can feel his love just engulfed around about you and his loving arms of protection just wrapped around you and I'm just so thankful for his love on this morning amen. because without his love I wouldn't be saved because it's because of his love yes. amen that we have Christ as our Savior it's because of his love that he sacrificed his only begotten son that you and I might be reconciled back to him it's because of his love that we can have joy and we can have peace yes. through relationship with him so I'm just thankful on today for his love because I know that he loves me in spite of my ways, in spite of myself, in spite of the things that I did do and didn't do. God still loves yes. me. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. His love doesn't fail. His love is not conditional. His love is not on the pretense of what I do and what I don't do. God's love never fails. When you think of his love, he has an agape love. His love is not conditional, but his love is unconditional. His love is holy. His love is like nobody else can love you. His love forgives when others won't forgive. His love grants. His love blesses. Hallelujah, Jesus. It is his blessings that have no limit. Israel Houghton, he sings the song, Take the Limits Off. Well, God has yeah. taken the limits off of his love. And he's extended that love to you and I. His love is so powerful that the heart and the mind can get peace and joy through his love. Hallelujah. Glory to God. His love listens and it never ignores. I could be talking to pastor and if he doesn't want to hear me, he can choose to ignore me. But God's love listens and it does not ignore. Glory to God. Hallelujah. His love, his love never lets you down. Other people can disappoint you. Other people can hurt your feelings. Other people can backbite and talk about you. But his love never let you down his love never his his prayers never return back void 
His love is so extensive that even as you're praying, He can hear me praying. He can hear Pat praying in her home. He can hear Corbin's prayer. And His love, His prayers never return back void. His love can be some cannot be summed up by words or feelings. I can say, Pastor, I love you, and it can be summed up by what I do and what I might say. But his love is so unsurmountable that it and immeasurable that it cannot be summed up by words and by feelings. It's the best gift that anyone could ever get is God's love. So I'm just so thankful for his love on this morning. Ephesians 3 and 19 says, And to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge. It passes your understanding to know his love. That he might be filled with, that his, that he might be filled with his, that we might be, excuse me, filled with yes, his yes, fullness yes. through his love. In Romans 8 and 39 it says, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the love of God, nobody can separate us from that. It is ours. Hallelujah. We are conquerors through his love. We are victors through his love. We have joy through his love. We have peace through his love. We have comfort through his love. Hallelujah. I just thank God for his love on today. In 1 John 4 and 7, it states, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Amen. A lot of people have that cliche of, you know, thinking that love is just a feeling, but in reality, love is a choice and it's an action. I can choose to love you because of the choice I made and action will follow. So I can choose to love pastor and because I love him, then an action is going to follow that. I can choose to, to be in love and to give love. But when you think about God in the triune, when you think about the Trinity, it says our God is the source of our love. He loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son so that we might be reconciled back to him yeah. as stated in John 3 and 16. In order for us to be reconciled in relationship with him, he sacrificed his one and only son and he loves us with an everlasting love. Jesus, on the other hand, Jesus the Christ is our example of what it means to love. The love is exemplified through his life and the death on this earth. It is through his example that shows us how we should love one another. We should be able or willing to sacrifice for each other. We should be able to give of ourselves and not be so self-serving. Our love should extend out to other people. And that is the example of, of Jesus the Christ and what it means to love. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to love because his love lives on the inside of our hearts. In 1 John 4 and 16 it states, And we have known and believed that the love that God hath to us, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. 
Hallelujah. We know the source of our love, which comes from God. We know the example of our love, which comes from Jesus the Christ. And we know the power of his love, which is given to us through the sweet Holy Spirit. Now let's look at a model of love. Pastor has referenced the triangular model of love in previous uh, messages, and I just want to revisit that on today. When you think about the triangular model of love, you have God at the top, you have the husband at the bottom, um, on which would have been my far left if I was looking at it, and you have the wife at the other bottom on the far right. So when you think about the triangular model of love, it tells us on the left-hand side that it's God's relationship with the husband. On the right-hand side is exemplary of God's relationship with the wife. Mm -hmm. Pastor has often told us and taught us that we cannot love we cannot love horizontally to have a perfect love, but we must love vertically yes, going yes. up to God. Yes. That is the perfect love. If we love horizontally, then there's a lot of impurities in that love going from the left to the right, from the husband to the wife, neglecting God to be in the middle of that relationship. But when you love vertically and when you love up to God, then God filters out all of the impurities and that love comes back down to the husband and the wife and at that point the husband and the wife can then know how to love each other in a pure and natural state because God has filtered out all of the mess a lot of times we get into situations or into marriages where two people have come together and they don't have Christ in the middle so those two people have said well you know what I love you let's get married so you get married but when you get married because you haven't had that relationship with God and that vertical love has not taken place in your life you come into this marriage with a whole lot of bondage yeah. you come into this marriage with a whole lot of baggage so therefore if I've been molested way back in my childhood then I can't effectively love you my husband yeah. the way that I should love you because my love is now tainted by an experience that happened in my past mm -hmm. so what we have to do is we have to get filtered out yes. we have to direct that love in a vertical manner Amen. up to God yeah. so that that God can filter out all of the mess he can filter out all of the hurt he can filter out all of the things of the past that may keep you from loving this person in that pure and natural way that he had originally designed yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. If you do not have a relationship with God, if you do not exhibit your love to God, then how can you effectively love your spouse? How can you effectively love others if you're not married? If you don't have that relationship, then you don't know what true love is. You don't know the source of your love. You don't know how to love yourself. You don't know where true love is really found. True love is not found in just explicitly getting with someone and having a 
sexual relationship right. because I can have sex with you and I cannot love you. Right. So you you have to have an intimacy. There has to be a relationship. There has to be a God type love that's exhibited through you and down through you filtering out all of the mess that you may be harboring so that you can effectively love this other person. In going through the scripture, in the 13th chapter of Corinthians, it talks about love. And we're going to turn there. 1 Corinthians 4, 13, 4 through 8. It's, it talks about it's Paul's description of what true love should really look like. And I'm going to be reading from a different version than, um, than the King James Version. I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version. And it talks about how love endures with patience. The first thing, it endures. Love endures. Love is not conditionally based upon whether things are going right and, and you know, and I'm going to leave you if things are going wrong. You know, it's not based upon, you know, well, you have to remain a certain way. And if you don't remain that way, then I'm not going to love you. You know, I mean, there are people that make excuses for the behaviors of others because others may say to you, well, I love you and this is just the way that I am and, you know, it doesn't matter if I hit you last night or it doesn't matter if I'm verbally abusing you because this is just the way that I am and this is just the way that I love. Well, love was not designed to do that. Love was designed to last. It was designed to endure with patience. There's a way that you have to endure. There's a way that your love endures. It endures with patience and serenity. It's a state of being calm. It's a state of being peaceful. It doesn't quit at the first sign of a problem, but it lasts. It endures through the good and through the bad. Just like God has endured with us and not given up on us because of how we act. He's endured with us in Ephesians 4 and 2 it states, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, yes. bearing with one another in love. In Jeremiah 31 and 3 it states, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. No one is perfect. No one is perfect. We can't expect them to be. So we must accept and love others in spite of their faults with patience and with gentleness. Love is kind and thoughtful. How would you, how would you like to be with someone that only comes to you or only pays attention to you when they want something? You know, love is kind. Love is thoughtful. You know, that's like me telling pastor, I love you, but I don't ever do anything that I know is going to be pleasing to him. I don't ever do anything that is going to make him feel special and, and be attentive to his needs. Love is thoughtful and it's kind. You know, when you do that and when you act in a way in which others cannot feel your love or when you don't consider other, others' feelings at all, then that's not love. That's not the way that God intended us to love. You know, do, and then on, to take it even a step further, how do we spend time with Him? How is our love exhibited to God? 
You know, are we spending time with him? Are we telling him how majestic he is and how wonderful he is? Are we telling God how much we appreciate him? Are we going into our secret place and into our secret closet and telling God that he is the all of all? He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He is the great I am and everything comes through him. Are we telling him how much we love him and appreciate him just for life, for keeping our families, for covering everyone with the precious blood of Jesus Christ? Are we spending time with him or are we going to him when we need something? Well, God, it's me again and I need you to deliver me or God, it's me again and I need you to make a way or God, it's me. I need you to provide. Well, how must God feel? Because we're not loving on him. So this love has to be exemplified to him as well as to the people that we interact with on a day-to-day basis. We have to be thoughtful in Ephesians 5 and 2 it states, And walk in love as Christ also have loved us and have given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. What are we willing to give to show our love for Christ and for each other? You know, love is not jealous or envious. It does not brag and it isn't proud or arrogant. It is not rude. In Colossians 3 and 19, it states, Husbands, a call to the husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. All these characteristics are of the flesh when you're jealous, when you're envious, when you're rude, when you're proud, when you're arrogant. That's flesh. But we should not operate in the flesh. But as in Galatians 5 and 22, it states that the fruit of the spirit is love. First, Mm -hmm. that's the first fruit. It begins with love. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This love is a byproduct of Christ. Hallelujah. And we want this very fruit to be exhibited in us because of his relationship with him. Because of the relationship with him, we should be willing to love others. Hallelujah. Love is not self-seeking and easily provoked, overly sensitive and easily angered. Love is not just about you in the triangle of three. But love is about God and it's about your mate or your loved one that you may be interacting with. All, all of this, love is not just about you, hallelujah, when you're in a relationship. You don't seek self-gratification when you're in a relationship. But rather your love should be stated, as we stated before, through an action and through your choice to love. You should seek to please your mate. You should seek to please others. You should seek to love others. Go beyond yourself. It's not just about you. You shouldn't be walking in your own world and just, you know, it's all about me on your own little bubble. But you should be reaching out and looking for someone that may need love in their life. There's so many people that are walking around and you don't know that they're hurt. You don't know what they're going through because they're good at masquerading and putting a mask on how they really feel. So they may have a smile in your front of your face. But they may be hurting on the inside. That's why we can't cast judgment on anyone. You don't know what anyone is going through. 
You know, we have to be willing vessels to reach out to others in love and through love. That's exemplified through Jesus Christ. Love does not take into account a wrong endured. Stop keeping score of everything that your spouse has done in the past. Stop keeping score of everything that he may have said or she may have said that's wrong. Stop, if single men, single women, single men, stop keeping an account and, and, you know, keeping score of every person that may have hurt you in the past. Love does not operate in that way. Love does not operate in a way where we have to keep remembering and bringing up everything that happened two and three years ago. How can I effectively have a relationship with my husband if he keeps bringing up what happened two years ago? I remember when you said, mm -hmm. and I remember when you did, and I'm like, let it go. Right. <laughs> it's not relevant now. Yeah. 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 This is yeah. now. This is the situation we're going through now. Amen. Amen. You know, we can't keep score of those things. God didn't do that with us. Mm -hmm. You know, in, Col in Colossians 3 and 13, it says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. We have to let it go. Because the more you hold on to it, the more you keep yourself and that person in bondage. Love does, hallelujah, love does not rejoice in injustice but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. Love does not rejoice in evil, okay? But it rejoices in the truth. And that's when truth and right prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes. Regardless of what may come your way, love is going to bear all things. Hallelujah. Love believes all things, looking for the best in each one of us. You know, people are walking around and they're feeling like they're complete failures because of situations that may have happened in their lives. Your spouse may have felt like they let you down at one point or another. You know, but you have to look at them in love. You have to look at them in such a way that it believes all things. Like, honey, I know you promised this, and I know you said it was going to happen. Don't feel like you're a failure because you are loved. You, you, I know it's going to come to pass. I know that it's going to happen. You don't have to feel like you haven't, you know, like it's not going to happen and it's not going to, you know, come into fruition. But you have to be able to encourage your mate. Be able to encourage other family members. Be able to encourage other people out there that may feel like they can't go on. That may feel like they failed. We have to be examples of Christ in that manner where we can reach out to others and let them know of the love of God. Love hopes all things. It remains steadfast during the difficult times. There have been some difficult times in our marriage, but love hopes all things. It remains steadfast. I don't not love pastor because we're going through difficult times. That would be crazy. But we have to remember that it hopes all things. It endures all things. It's without weakening. Love is strong. Love endures. It lasts. Yeah. We have to be steadfast in our love one to the other. Love never fails. It never fades. It never ends. 
The word says in Ephesians 5 and 25, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. This is exemplary and of his everlasting love. The love of our Father who sacrificed his Son and the love of Christ that could have said no to the will of his Father, but in turn allowed destiny to be fulfilled through his life. It is that kind of love that's exhibited to you and to me. It's that agape type of love. It's that love that we talked about in the beginning that is unconditional and holy. It's that type of love that forgives and it grants and it blesses and his blessings have no limit. It's that type of love that always listens and never ignores. It's that type of love that he has exemplified to us that we must exemplify to others. We must be willing. In this passage of scripture, the husband should have the love for his wife that is willing to sacrifice all and to make her his priority, caring for her as he cares for himself. It is that kind of love that never fails. It is that kind of love that God wants to exemplify through you and I. And in conclusion, there are ten ways to love. You love without interrupting, Proverbs 18. You love with, with speaking without accusing, James 1 and 19. Your love should give without sparing, Proverbs 21 and 26. Your love should pray without ceasing, Colossians 1 and 9. Your love should answer without arguing, Proverbs 17 and 1. You should share without pretending, Ephesians 4 and 15. Your love should enjoy without complaint, Philippians 2 and 14. Your love should trust without wavering, Corinthians 13 and 7. And your love should forget, forgive rather without punishing, Colossians 3 and 13. And last but not least, your love should promise without forgetting. Proverbs 13 and 12. It is this kind of love that we should exemplify one to the other. God loved us with an agape love. His love is unconditional. And we should love knowing that God is the source of our love knowing that Jesus Christ is the example of what true love really means, and knowing that the sweet Holy Spirit is the power of our love. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're standing to our feet. Thank you, God. Introducing Minister Thomas Gilbert with the final word. Good evening, everyone. Today, I want to talk to you out of Exodus chapter 16 about the provision of God and how it often doesn't look like we think uh, or the, like we imagined or like we had expected it to look, but it is the provision that he has promised us. Um, so in Exodus chapter 16, we find Moses telling the people down in verse eight, he says, also, Moses said, this shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to the full for the Lord hears your complaints, which you make against him. So Moses is basically telling them you're going to receive bread in the morning. You'll receive meat at night, which is quail. Um, doesn't tell him what it is, but he just says, you'll get meat at night and you'll get bread in the morning and it'll be, it'll be there. It'll be more than enough to fill you. It'll, it'll fill you. Right. 
So he tells him what it is. So the following morning, uh, when Aaron is talking, starting at verse 10, he's talking. Now it came to pass as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel. So, uh, children of Israel excuse me. So you see Aaron is actually uh, speaking to the congregation. And when this happens, the glory of the Lord falls. Uh, and he, the Lord explains them to them yet again. He says, I have heard the complaint. And he says at twilight, um, you know, you will receive meat to eat in verse 12. He says, you'll receive meat to eat. And then again, he tells them you in the morning, you shall be filled with bread. So twice now the Lord has told them once through Moses and, uh, or twice through Moses, uh, he has told them that they will receive this substance of bread. So when we go down a little further down into verse, verse 14, it says, and when the layer of dew lifted, because it's the morning now, and when the layer of dew lifted there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? Now, if you have an older translation, I'm reading from the New King James translation, but it says when the children of Israel saw it, they called it manna. Manna means what is it? It means a whatness. So they have just labeled this thing now manna because they don't know what it is, but they should know what it is, right? It's what the Lord promised them. It's bread. Um, it doesn't look like their expectation though. It's it's this it's these little uh, small round dots of of dough. And it doesn't really look like the bread that they expected. They were expecting perhaps loaves of bread or some sort of biscuit or uh, some sort of barley loaf or, or something of that nature. And they received this thing that doesn't look like anything that they've seen before. And so even though it's what the Lord promised, it's not what they expected or it's not in the way that they expected not in the form they expected. And this comes into play later on in the New Testament when Jesus comes and he says, I am the manna which comes from heaven for he is the bread of life, right? He is the bread that gives us life in this wilderness. And so they didn't recognize him either because he didn't come in the way that they thought he would come. And isn't this the problem that we have even today where people don't receive Jesus because he uh, he's not painted in the way that uh, their minds have them to believe he should be painted. Like he can't forgive any and everything that we have done. He says the only sin that won't be forgiven is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. So I don't care what you do. He can forgive. He will forgive if you ask him, if you welcome him into your heart, into your life to be Lord and Savior of your life. He will come in and sup with you. So God bless you. I pray that uh, the provision of the Lord, um, that it not just meets your expectation. I, I know that that's a funny thing, but I pray that, that you recognize it when it does come. God bless you. And I pray this has blessed you in some way. Thank you for listening. We hope that you are encouraged by God's Word and will tune in next time to this station for our Sunday service at Restoration Christian Ministries. Stay encouraged and have a blessed week.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.